Closer, he could see her filthy coat and the dried blood on her claws. She would find the seal carcass, and it would not be enough. She would smell seven, and she would come through the door, and then Jan would try to kill her. The village would fall on her with every weapon they had. It would be terrible. Seven narrowed his eyes. He could not let that happen. The huge she-bear was out of sight now, just outside the door. Seven glanced at his father again, and then, like a pat rabbit out on the tundra, he bolted. In two steps, he had jumped through the open wattle door and was outside. The bear turned her head to meet him, but before she could roar or swing out, he was on her. A thin, bare-chested boy with a bone knife raised high above his head. He hammered the razor's sharp blade into one of her eyes, raking and yanking it out almost as quickly as he had stabbed it in. He could never hope to kill her. She roared backwards and swung out wildly with her paw, but Seven was already gone. He had picked up the rest of the seal carcass as he ran, bellowing and shouting at the bear in names he had only ever heard the whitebeard shouting at each other. He danced through the village, waving his arm over his head and drawing her after him with a noise and her anger. Jan stood at the doorway with his bone spear gripped tightly in his hand, watching his son run out onto the plain with a great black bear lumbering after him. The boy was gone for many hours, and standing on the roof of his house in the darkness, Jan counted the seven bright stars of the seven old tribes in the night sky. In the dim light of dawn, Seven returned. He was weary. He had led the bear far out to the seal bays past the grey rocks a few hours away, and the black she-bear had feasted on the fat, blubbery seals and their angry mothers. Better she have them than the great eastern tribe. Seven was hungry, and Jan watched him eat in the warm cellar under the longhouse. The soft light from the full summer day was beginning to stream in through the open window. Seven for the ancient stars in the sky. Seven for the longhouses on the seashore. Seven. He had named the boy well. Chapter One Under the bright blue sky, the frozen sea shimmered in the afternoon sunlight, and in each direction there was nothing at all but ice. The black mountains sat far away in the distance, and despite the bright sun, it was winter, and nothing moved on the frozen sea. There was a heavy crack from below the surface. An iron machine was coming up from the deep. It had already come through the warmer water much deeper below, and now it encountered the first of the thick layers of ice that had formed during the long winter. It was a great and ancient iron bulb connected to the centre of the world by a thick leathery pipe that stretched far down into the black waters of the sea. The sharp point met some resistance as it broke through the ice, and with a series of cracks and splits it made the surface steam rising from its dull copper body. There were five doors around the circular wall, and lines of fat rivets punched into the metal sides, with water dripping off the roof and edges. 
Some of the ice around it had begun to melt already, and there was hissing from the air pipes in the roof. Unlike the sea around it, the iron bulb was warm. Warm enough for people. Inside one of the doors, the man sensed a change. He was ready. He had felt the bulb rising from deep beneath the ocean some time before, but it was hard to know if it was real. Deep down in the blackness where he had been for so long, he could not be sure of any movements. He shifted his bare feet on the iron floor. At first, the constant wetness and heat had caused him discomfort, but now his feet were used to the slippery feel of the iron inside. He stood up. There was a definite change, and the red light above the door began to glow brighter, and for the first time in many months, he found himself squinting up at it.